This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Gals and non-binary pals, welcome to a mini-sode of Bananas. How you doing, Scotty? I'm so, 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 so good. You sound slightly stuffed up. Are you Do fighting I? a little cold? I don't know, I don't maybe think a so. little. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they're just old Mm-mm. Mm-mm. earbuds. Maybe I'm rocking my old 1994 yellow Sony CD Walkman earbuds. It might just be the general... On we, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Just... no. <laughs> no, I'm excited. I'm excited right. to be doing uh, minutes. I'm, anytime we chat, I'm excited. Well, people tell me over uh, DMs and such that a lot of people love the minisodes because they feel like. It's a like just you and I chatting a little more behind the curtain, mm-hmm. a little more casual. Oh hell yeah! That's why I like them. That's why I'm into them. Um, so we have confessions and stories. These are your confessions, your stories that Curdy B and I comment on. We tell our own stories, we hang out, but it's also a way for us to get to know you. So thanks for everybody who sent them. Uh, confessions are always anonymous and we almost will always absolve you. And, uh, yeah. Do you have some? Do I have some? What do you want to do first? I got one. Okie dokie. And now this, uh, this is coming in, um, from... An old friend of mine. Okay, now. Clark McFarlane. Great name. Um, he is also known by his stage name, Mario, Queen of the Circus. Okie um, And uh, he, I mean, we, we, I met him with Kristen, I don't know, way back, 2005 or six when we first started Hot Tub. Mm-hmm. Um, and he mm-hmm. is... Oh, uh, right. Yeah, Mario Queen of the Circus. I remember now. Yes, he would do... What a great performer. So he would do all... It would be juggling, juggling. and circusy yeah. stuff, but all to Queen music. Got it. Um, Absolutely remember. He, he was had, fantastic. It was an amazing... Like, he had one juggling routine to another one, Bites the Dust, that mm-hmm. was, like, um, like perfect. Um and it was just like it's so much. He had another one on a unicycle, I think, to the bike, the the the, the I ride bicycle my bike, race, yeah, bicycle. Yeah. Um, yes, and uh, he was just fantastic. And we've, for some reason, we were in like Kristen and I were in Edinburgh with him. We were in I think Melbourne yeah. with him. So we've like awesome. been around in different parts of the country. And he's just a very pleasant man. And uh, he was listening to the podcast, and he was inspired by a story that we had been talking about, so he sent this story in. 
Dear Bananas, I heard you guys talking about dentures actually accidentally falling out while <laughs> vomiting, and it reminded me of a story that happened to me in Brazil. I am from New Jersey, but I have been lucky enough to have been traveled there a lot in my 20s, and this story, although super gross, is really about how much I admire Brazilian people, their culture, and how it is truly like no other place in the world. Me too. I was on a ferry late at night between Isla Grange and the mainland near Rio. The mm. passenger ferry was not by any means luxurious or even particularly particularly mm-hmm. safe. It was a wide, flat, wooden barge with rows of benches for about 100 Exciting. people, and the trip was to take a little over an hour. Weather was terrible, and the boat had no stability at all in the water, and the waves were pouring in the open sides of the well-lit bus station-like room where about 40 or 50 people wow. sat. As the brutal storm raged, I would say about half or more of the passengers started getting seasick. This meant that people just puked where they were sitting. Oh, boy. And the wooden floor was filling with seawater and vomit. I was barely (laughs) holding on against the intense rocking and slamming of the boat and the smell of puke. It was a pretty miserable moment. An older woman behind me and to my right began vomiting and coughing violently. A A moment later, something caught my eye sloshing under the seats in front of me. Yep, you guessed it, fucking dentures. Until listening to your podcast the other day i thought i was the first person ever to witness dentures being vomited out of someone's mouth i'm so happy that we're opening people's eyes too we are we're connecting the dots for people (laughs) Uh, a one in a million situation apparently it's a thing it was a very awkward moment for me because she was a lovely older lady and i was a young able-bodied man clearly the right thing to do would have been to climb over the back of the row of seats in front of me and chase the dentures through the vomity seawater like a lost rolling ball and retrieve them for the old woman. Or I could do exactly what I did, which was pretend I didn't see a goddamn thing while trying even harder (laughs) not to puke myself, as now I had seen one of the most (laughs) disgusting things to have ever happened. So far, this story could have been anywhere in the world. A seasickness, vomiting, missing dentures, and a selfish American exporting apathy no biggie what happened next was so brazilian it may have been on the set it may have been set to samba music the boat managed to slosh the dentures backwards towards the old lady and i felt gratefully off the hook because i assumed her daughter or her would now be able to grab them and i could set to work on forgetting this whole thing a few minutes passed and the ladies were cracking up she tapped me on the shoulder in a fit of hysterics in portuguese yelled did you see that i vomited my dentures out <laughs> and through the tears of laughter and they floated back to me did you see that she Amazing. thought it was the most hilarious thing in the world and slapped me on the back and really wanted to unpack the whole experience with me i had to laugh along and act surprised and indeed i was because yet again brazilians this time a sweet old lady proved themselves to be so socially advanced yep. so disarmingly unrepressed honest and contagiously fun loving that i had to just celebrate with her and float on her delight like our fairy in the wild wild seas beautiful brazilians are so over themselves they make buddhist monks look self-conscious anyway thanks for all the laughs Kurt and scott you guys rock keep up the great work all the best clark wow clark i was a huge fan of yours now i'm an even bigger fan of yours i'm a little disappointed that you didn't pick them up and just start juggling the dentures behind <laughs> your back were thrusting in the air and, and that third ball when it would go do 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 another one by the dust he would drop one and point at it at the perfect time and if it those was dentures if he had done it with the dentures because bites Oh, so oh, good. another one bites the dust. Yes. Oh my God, it was that. Mario's the he best. would just let it; it would like land right on the bites the dust. It was incredible. It was so That's good. It's a great story because it's harrowing, and I, those though when you go on vacation or when you travel, you either want the kind of like lie on the beach, lie by the pool, go to a mountain resort, read, mm-hmm. re- recoup, or you want the adventure. 
And he went yeah. for the adventure, or I guess he was visiting. But yeah, like, he was working. Probably. I like that. Like, if yeah. you're not a little bit afraid of dying, you don't come back with great stories. Agreed. What a perfect segue into this story that I wanted to tell. That's oh, based on that. Yeah. So uh, we've talked about it on the podcast here, uh, but I don't think we've really painted the picture of this moment. So okay. uh, speaking of boats, speaking of water. Uh, I I I I jet skied from Chicago to New Orleans. True. Um, with Scotty along for the ride for a for a for a TV show we were doing, and one of the days was was it in Kentucky? Was it in Kentucky? So we came down the Mississippi River, but at a certain yeah. point, at a certain point, we couldn't go on the Mississippi anymore because there just wasn't enough places to get yeah. the or boat out of the water yeah. or get gas at the end right. of the day. Right. So we had to move over. So we trailered the jet ski over to... The Tennessee uh, Tom Bigby. The Tom Bigby. But before we got to the Tom Bigby, I think it was the the Kentucky River. It was in Kentucky. It It was the Kentucky River. Yes. And at the beginning of it, with our first day over there... We we get there and we did a, a, a like one of the episodes was about me starting a jet ski gang mm-hmm. called the Wet Ones, mm-hmm. um, and Kyle Kinane. We had Kyle Kinane, very funny comedian, fly out yes. for it. He was there for just the like the day. I like he like got in in the morning. We yeah. sh- we got on jet skis, shot it, and then we yes. did a, a, a show together. And then he got in a car and went back to the uh, to the airport. So we're we've been. Wearing like these uh, <laughs> all day, we'd been wearing these little leather vests that had the wet ones on the back of it, like and in the wet ones logo, uh, and like just pretending and just being dumb and like being like we're a tough we're tough guys who have a jet ski gang, and but the dumbest possible. But then our our director Jeff Tomsick, we knew we would be doing a show that afternoon. Yeah. And we knew that it was at this bar, but it turned out that like we needed to get people to come see a stand-up comedy show at like noon or something because we I had to get on the river and yeah, do right. eighty miles that day as well. Yes. So our director talks to the owner of this bar, and this bar is like it's the weirdest got, bar. It's the weirdest bar in the world. Yeah. Do you remember the, the city strangest. it was in? No, I was just looking for the koozie because I do have a camouflage koozie from when we were there, their beer holder, and I can't find it. But I do remember it was like four different types of bars in one. Yeah. Like in one room, it was beer taps and it was the first bar I ever saw that you you got the pint glass and then you like went and filled up your own beer. Crazy. And then you would charge you at the end. But then there was like an upstairs that was kind of like Margaritaville type of vibe. Mm-hmm. And then there were there was like an indoor kind of classic old man drinking pub. And then through that, there was like a nightclub. It was like a nightclub with, with a stage. Yeah. But with a stage that had like, I guess the stage was primarily used for DJs, right? Because there was like a wall. There was a wall, right. I remember. Or from, exotic dancing. I or mean, exotic, it was yeah. pretty weird. It was weird. Yeah. And... So Jeff, the director, talks to the owner yes, and is like, we need to be able to find some people who will come to this noon show. And she's like, yeah. well, my husband's uh, in the Hells Angels. <laughs> yes, this is true. <laughs> well, the, those dudes can come by. And Jeff would just thought it was so funny. Yeah, was it actually the Hell's Angel? Or was is it a different motorcycle? Club? It was a bike gang. It was a know. bike gang. It, it was, was a bike a club. Bike gang, but it was scary as shit because they really rolled up. They rolled up, and like Jeff thought it would be so funny that like we're just trying to be tough guys in our jet ski 
gang, yes. and then we actually do a show for an actual motorcycle gang. Yes. And these dudes roll up, and it's like no joke. Like, they are legitimately scary people. Yes. Not thrilled. Not quick laughers. Not, Not quick laughers. Not an easy laughers. laugh, I would say. And so it was them. It was how many of them? Probably like 15 or so. A lot. And their wives that were all riding on the back. So it was like classic biker guys in leather and all that. And then they're like the woman on the back. That's like, if you can read this vest, she fell off. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of bike gang. Yeah. And uh, and they were coming in and they're just like, hey, I remember one of them grabbed me as I was walking by and goes, hey, we all came here for a show at noon. Maybe you guys could get us a couple of fucking pitchers of beer for That's free. Right. And I was like, yes, right away, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and we did. And we did. And they started drinking. And so then we're supposed to do this goddamn stand-up yeah, show. Yeah, then you have to do stand-up. After the angry bikers made us give them tons of free beers in a small room that was yellow and black and looked like a strip club. Yeah. And then and, and and Kyle and I are still wearing these dumb pleather motorcycle vests yes. that say the wet ones on them. Yes. And no shirts underneath. And so no shirts. Bare-chested men. Bare-chested men. Uh, Kyle and I, although uh, we are men, but we our bodies are more like little boys' bodies. Yes. <laughs> yes. So just these like these leather vests, pleather vests, mm. and little boy bodies underneath. And I go up and um, and do my material about having just gotten married and uh, and my like cutesy little act to mm-hmm. uh, dead silence <laughs> to dead silence staring staring and these yeah. dudes are mad that they're here mm-hmm. and I was just like oh I don't I don't know how to deal with this crowd and then Kyle Kinane gets up and yes, you just immediately goes for there was one man who sat in the front row yeah big somebody he's no uh spider i thought oh Oh, no that's he had a spider tattoo on his face freddy t's it was called freddy t's freddy t's and it's food and fun at freddy t's where and what town and uh and it looks a coots Tennessee. Coons. Coons, Tennessee. C-O-U-N-C-E. So it was in Tennessee. Coots, Tennessee. Freddie T's. That's right. Freddie T's, we love you. Coons, it was the ten- It was the Tennessee River that we went yeah. down. That's right. Uh and what yeah, like I don't I don't know. He had like a spider tattoo on half of his face. Yes. Huge dude, big beard. And Kyle just starts going after him. Yes, he does. And going after his his uh spider <laughs> tattoo. And <laughs> And he's like, he's like, I'm just going. Like, he starts getting laughs actually from everybody. And he's like, I'm just going by prison rules, and I'm just making fun of the scariest guy here. Yeah. And then that guy like got on board with him. And once that guy was on board with him, like Kyle had the audience. That is true. He went right after. There were a few guys, and they were talking during the show. There was one guy that had that classic white. Beard. I th- it might be the guy you're talking about. There was a guy named Big Bear because Big I Bear. Remember, yeah. Yes. You, you got on the back, and the other detail is not only were you wearing fake crappy leather, no shirt underneath vests in front of these guys. It, it, lo- it was supposed to look like you know it had a biker design on it. On the back, it said the wet ones, and then the slogan was, "Do you remember?" Oh wait. It, I, oh wait. Wait. I know. I know. Live free. Die moist. <laughs> So not only are we just weirdo coastal 
whatever cucks or whatever they call us. <laughs> uh, we're also making fun of their fashion by saying "live free, die moist." And Kyle goes right in for Spider and Big Bear, and it worked. It was it was really it's it was amazing. It was beautiful, and I. I I just I respected Kyle. I've, oh, I mean, I love Kyle, but to see him he be able to it. win that crowd over was like he did. He won him over, and then there were a bunch of barflies down there too. There are a bunch of mm-hmm. oh, oh, there are a bunch of women who you could tell go there quite often. Mm-hmm. And we had a very handsome camera guy. He's, he's about oh, I six remember five. That. That's he's right. Got piercing, beautiful blue eyes. He really does. Handsome, lean he's man. Beautiful. His name's Benji. He's a great guy. We love Benji. He shot the whole thing for us. And this woman took one look at him and was like, I'm going to have sex with that man. And Benji was, it was like, noon. I twelve thirty. Yes. And she was flirting with him and hanging on him and being around him. And she and this other lady were just all over Benji the whole time. But we got this epic photo of Kurt and Kyle and these two women that were flirting with our camera department on a jet ski in the parking lot together. <laughs> we'll have to find that for yeah, the mini so. I have it. I'll post it, it for this. It was incredible. Yeah. But yeah, it was like a black light nightclub. But Freddie T's in Coombs, Tennessee. Mm-mm-mm. We gotta go back one. <laughs> gotta go back. I mean, it seemed like either either the most fun or the most terrifying place to hang out. Yeah, I do you I don't get seasick at all. Do you get seasick at all? Like I do I'm not. going back to barfing your dentures. Now. I do not. I do not. Uh thank I, God. I'm I'm so excited neither. that I don't. Me too. And I found out definitively that I did it in the Bahamas. We were shooting a travel show. Where we were supposed to spearfish lionfish, which are an invasive species, they're poisonous, mm-hmm. they decimate local fish populations. So basically down there, they're like, kill as many lionfish as you can because they eat all the other beautiful tropical fish. Yeah. And then we were going to hand feed them, like actually hold the dead fish and hand feed them to sharks, which yeah. we were told there are sharks everywhere. So we went down to uh, Grand Exuma. And we go out on the boat, and we're with local tour guides and lo- what are called it fixers, like they know how to get to everything and everyone. And first of all, there are zero lionfish for about six hours. Can't find one. This invasive species, something we are very mm-hmm. against on the podcast, couldn't find a one. So then we were like, well, why don't we just shoot, because it's a reality show, not to ruin everybody's love <laughs> of reality programming. <laughs> But it's all fake. Yeah, Everything it's all fake. there are jobs that are called story producers, and your job is to create a story out of the footage. And so we go, well, why don't we just film you guys swimming around and looking around and holding spears? We'll get all that footage as if you're on the hunt, and then we'll throw buckets of chum in the water as soon as you get out, and then we'll film you guys near sharks. And yeah. then tomorrow we'll come back and find lionfish mm-hmm. and we'll do the thing we set out here to do that we were told you can do. So it's myself, it's Adam, and it's a, a WWE superstar diva named Lana, who mm-hmm. is great and was totally game and had scuba before. So we throw two buckets of chum. We're cutting fish in half and throwing them overboard. Uh, we were on the water, <laughs> anchored, in a place that there are sharks for two full days. Saw one blue shark for about 15 minutes, so zero lionfish. It got to the point where I thought the crew was literally going to mutiny even though we could see the land and we we had hired everybody. And it also got to the point where we were eating lunch and breakfast and drinking water and coffee where people had to go to the bathroom and these boats weren't like big boats. Yeah. So people, even with chum in the water, buckets of chum, baskets like milk crates full of dead uh, fish and uh, horse meat or whatever, uh, are just swimming around the boats, peeing, <laughs> 
<laughs> I guess probably crapping. I don't know. But I was like, not only do I have sea legs, now I'm just diving into shark and inf- well, shark not infested yeah. waters and swim with chum. And then Divine goes back two weeks later for Discovery Channel to shoot a Shark Week thing, and he said that there were so many sharks. That they were in every direction. They had to get out of the water at some point because there were three tiger sharks like eyeing them all up. Wow. And we couldn't get one out of there. But I definitively left and go, well, I've just stood on the open ocean from 6 a.m. until sundown, two days in a row. Didn't feel, all I felt was bored. I yeah. felt extreme boredom. So maybe I'm a great first mate on somebody's boat one day. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like on Roustabout, what was your name? Lil Skipper? Lil Minnow. Lil Minnow. <laughs> Oh man, uh, little men! On one of those hand crank um, barges where it's like on a wire, and you have to like, there's either an automatic thing or you kind of have no. To bicycle what are you talking hands. about? Oh, there's these really cool kind of like barge ferry things at river crossing certain places. I think it's like an old school way of doing oh. it. But basically, you start on one side and you run on cables, You're right? And somebody, it's for like a, it's a, a it's for like a river that's got a kind of a crossing. fast, uh, yeah. Yes. So it like keeps you in one place. I've been on a couple, but the best one I was ever on was in Belize. And the funniest part was we were going on this tour, and they're like, hey, you can put a van, like one van at a time, and like 10 people or whatever. And then I guess normally they ask the tourists, like, hey, who wants to crank everybody across the river? And I guess normal tourists go, I do. And so the guy's like, blah, 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 blah. And our tour guy, Ricky, is like, who wants to hand crank this across? And nobody wants to. I don't know if it was because it was just rainy or everybody was too old. So I'm like, well, I'll do it. And so I start to do it, and it's really fun. And I'm, like, making a joke out of it and, like, cranking with my hands, just, like, pedaling a bike with my hands. And we're moving all the way across. And then this lady's just like, I would like to do it. And I was like, okay, great. And I step aside, and she does it for about three rotations while her partner takes like a couple photos of videos of her like laughs tilting her head back cracking up and then instantly stops once she got the photos and then I, everybody's like looking and i'm like so ricky's like go ahead so i just pedaled the rest of the way across but it was like in life if somebody says to you do you want to crank this ferry across this river in the belize and jungle just get say up. yes yeah keep your phones in your pockets say yes come on that's if anything if a banana's if the bananas mini-sode can stand behind anything, it's say yes. yes. Yes, never turn down a good invitation. Oh, Always well. say yes. We did it again, Scotty. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this sweet little mini-sode. We'll have more coming in two weeks. So stick yeah, around. If you're hearing this for the first time in six months, <laughs> we can't wait to get those DMs on The Bananas Podcast on Instagram, and we will have no idea what you're talking about. Refresh our memory. Thank you to everyone at Exactly Right. Thank you to our producer, Katie Levine. Thank you to our intern, Lisa Magid. Thank you to Karen and Georgia. Bye. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com.